Have you ever felt like your greatest achievement was just outside your grasp? Do you ever feel limited by your resources? Are you frustrated by how long it takes to see results? In this episode, we continue the story of Bob Cormack as he and his team make their way up the south call of Everest in one of the most treacherous seasons of the year. We want to know what qualities contributed to their success and how can we as marketers apply these principles to overcome our own mountain-like obstacles. This is a podcast about summiting B2B marketing and the account-based mindset. This is Reach. Thanks for coming with us today. My name is Hiromi Matsumoto, and I'm here with agency founder and CEO Jason Thorgierson. Hey. And Chief Creative Officer Garrett Krinsky. Hey, everyone. So in the last episode, Bob told us about some of the serious dangers of an Everest expedition, and we had gleaned a number of takeaways, like the value of considering the timing of our efforts and mentally and emotionally preparing for change, how not to be overwhelmed by large projects, And I guess as far as large projects go, climbing Mount Everest is probably up there, right? This is a place that draws some of the most ambitious personalities in the world. And at this point in the story, Bob is surrounded by filmmakers with a monetary mandate and several other climbers, each vying for their coveted opportunity to make it to the top. So at this point, Bob has resigned himself to a support role. This is what he had to say. I pretty much did what anybody asked me to do and what I thought needed to be done. And uh, you need people like that. I was perfectly happy doing that. So I kind of see myself as trying to grease the wheels a little bit and make sure everything gets along. And it was easy to adapt to the other climbers because I kind of understood them and was used to them. But the film crew was hard to adapt to. Basically, the film crew, they were trying to make a dramatic show, right? was going to be shown on CBS Sports Spectacular and be an hour-long show, and they didn't want people to tune away, and so it had to be dramatic. Mount Everest, tallest and most dangerous peak on Earth. Altitude, 29,028 feet. Temperatures sink to 40 below zero. Winds rage over 100 miles per hour, and over 30 have died on these slopes. The American climbers have the confidence for the attempt, but do they have the skill? One member of the team has his doubts. What happened to CBS Sports? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Bring it back. That Bring sound back. is so nostalgic, isn't it? <laughs> so they were always looking for drama, right? I mean, the first time I saw their movie, I wasn't sure I was going to make it down alive, you know? We're getting $90,000 from them if we got to the summit and took movie film from the summit. That was nice, but the whole expedition cost a quarter of a million. So they acted like they were funding the whole thing, and they weren't. So you really have to try to get along, especially when there's people that are not trying. I think it was harder for Rick and Chris than it was for me because I didn't really have any expectations. I figured I wouldn't make it to the summit, and I didn't care because, frankly, I don't know. I mean, I'd been on a lot of mountains, and this was just another bigger mountain. I knew that there had to be some people who were making things work, who made things uh, mesh smoothly. And so I tried to be one of those people. I thought it was interesting that he relates about his experience of growing up in the mountains. He's climbed tons of peaks. He was an experienced climber, and he just viewed Everest as a bigger mountain. And as a marketer who perhaps may be shifting to an account-based marketing approach... We can learn from Bob. 
you know, regardless of whether or not we've done it before, ABM, uh, we've likely been doing marketing for some time or studying human behavior and getting people interested in what we're offering through those insights. And so thinking about ABM as just a bigger mountain, in a sense, uh, helps us to see that we can take a lot of principles that we've been applying in the discipline we already know into this new approach in targeting uh, our most valuable accounts. And really, a lot of it just involves understanding fundamental human behavior and applying the right mindset to tapping into that behavior. Yeah, well, let me probe you guys on this for just a moment because I think our marketing take is the account-based mindset can get you to our metaphoric summit in the same way that Bob's mindset got him to his literal summit. But listening to Bob, it just feels like summiting wasn't all that important to him personally. What's the takeaway there? Well, the idea of the result is always there. You know, he recognized he had a role to play in achieving the result. I'm not sure that he completely erased result from his mind and it was all process for him. But whether personally he was the one to have lead on achieving the result was not his worry. Was he worried about the team achieving the result? Always. Mm-hmm. You know, that he was willing to do whatever. So the result was achieved. It just wasn't his personal dream to be that guy to stand on the top necessarily but man he never lost sight of it for the team and then going back to the book it seems that many on the expedition wanted to be the individual to summit on behalf of the team and personally achieve the things that came along with it notoriety and fame etc and yet personally these kinds of things weren't really of interest to bob you know his primary goal was helping the team to reach the summit And so it's interesting to recognize that everyone has a goal, personally and professionally, and they are likely different. And in a marketing team, we all play different roles in working towards moving an account forward. How much notoriety personally we want in the process is likely different for everyone. And I think there Mm -hmm. is something there for everyone, but we need to be sure that we are aligned around a common vision as an organization. To go on an expedition like effort in order to reach the ultimate goal. And that's one thing that I really love about Bob's story is that he had that as his central focus. I I think recognition, you know, for some people is, is truly important. I remember for years attending award shows, advertising award shows, marketing award shows, you know, and it's like someone wins an award because a jury of creatives decided that this was the most creative campaign, effort, communication, commercial, whatever that thing is. But I remember sitting with my Webby, sitting with my (laughs) colleagues and thinking, but did the campaign achieve the result? You know, and I think that's the difference here is Bob was focused on the campaign the expedition, achieving the result, getting to the destination, the personal reward or award for him and the notoriety, as Jason's talking about, wasn't a concern on the back end. But the result was definitely foremost in his mind. And so then you go back to why was he willing to be so flexible so the result could be achieved, you know, but it wasn't a personal ego motivation that moved him along. Yeah. 
I think it was 45 days from when we reached base camp. We were moving stuff up the mountain and setting up camps. I got asked again by accident to go to the summit. And I had just gotten over strep throat and uh, it was up to advanced base and the other people were sick. Basically, it is hard to stay healthy when you're camping out for 48 days, you know. I knew the camera was really important because we needed the $90,000 these guys had, right? The film crew had these nice, lightweight, battery-powered 16-millimeter cameras, but they didn't let me have one because they weren't sure it would work up there in the cold. So I got what cameramen in World War II used, the great big thing. Yeah, you know, wind up and everything. Weighed 10 pounds. <laughs> so I had a thing hanging on my chest in a harness. I'm like thinking of the ancient mariner, you know, <laughs> the albatross around my neck on the way up. But they figured the IMO camera would work since it worked all the way through World War II. Right? So I figured I was carrying 50 pounds, really. I was carrying two tanks of oxygen that weighed 17 pounds each, that's 34 pounds. I was carrying a 10-pound camera. I had my pack, my clothing, my boots, my ice axe. So it wasn't exactly a lightweight sprint. The point here that he illustrates is that sometimes you don't have access to the equipment you would like, the tools you would like, maybe even the technology you would like, but the result doesn't fade just because you don't have access to that thing. And so he illustrates it very well. You know, he takes what he had available, what he could get and gets the result out of it in order for the team to be successful. And so that, that takes a little bit of flexibility, a little bit of humility. He's in a very limited capacity. He's carrying weight and he needs to do something. So right there, how do I get it done? And that's what he did. Yeah, you, I mean, there's no doubt that that lighter camera would have made the trek easier, but you can't always control what your circumstance is going to be. The repeatable pattern there is your determination to use what you have what about the trust factor here? I mean, they weren't willing to give him the expensive camera. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah, as we talked about in previous episodes, there were all kinds of social dynamics here that played in. Plus, they're not being very trusting of him. And he's the guy that has to do all the work and carry this heavy camera up. He's still willing to do it for the team. There was enough for three people to go to the summit, but... The guy who was supposed to go with us, a Sherpa, his oxygen equipment cratered the morning we got out of the tent and it quit working. I worked on that for almost an hour trying to get the thing working again and never got it working. And uh, he decided he couldn't do it in the soft snow without oxygen. I don't think anybody really has done it in the fall without oxygen. It's just significantly more effort climbing up a 30 degree slope in knee deep snow than it is just walking up on crampons and ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is a crampon? Yeah. Hiromi, do you mind searching for let's, it? Let's just go get the technical definition from Google. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it looks like one of those. It's like you see those, the climbers have these. It's it like those looks little, like a bear trap. Yeah, like a bear <laughs> trap that you strap to your feet. <laughs> it says a crampon is a traction device that is attached to footwear to improve mobility on snow and ice during climbing. It's cool. Useful tool. So anyone out there that wants to climb a mountain, <laughs> go get yourself a pair of crampons. Or for that matter, if you want to come to a pitch meeting or be involved in a marketing campaign, they would also help. Get your crampon. <laughs> get your crampon. <laughs> I think we spent about six hours getting to the South Summit. We were protected from the wind up to that point. When we got to the south summit, all of a sudden there's this 100 mile an hour wind, 
and it's just colder than hell. You hear all the time that the south ridge of Everest is a walk-up, right? You couldn't see anything downwind because the wind hits the mountain and then immediately turns into a cloud. So you only can see halfway. It didn't look anything like the lower part of the mountain. And Chris and I got up there and all of a sudden here's this gnarly looking ridge and these huge cornices and the wind is howling and it's dirty below. I'm thinking to myself, what happened to the walk-up? Who would like no stinking walk-up? And we just stood there for about five minutes watching it, looking at it like, man, you know, we're not going to get up and back before dark. And finally, Chris turns around to me and he says, I think maybe we have the wrong mountain. <laughs> this ain't no stinking walk-up. This ain't no stinking walk-up. What does that remind me of? Ain't no stinking walk-up. Is that like a... Life. Like- <laughs> <laughs> oh, you cut deep there, Jay. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think, though, this illustrates reality is not always... <laughs> living up to our expectation and so something's got to give in that moment and he's on the side of a mountain he has to keep going he thought it would be a lot easier or a lot a lot less dangerous than than it actually is so what do you do in that moment i never doubted i had the willpower if i had enough motivation if it was just myself i would have turned around at the south summit but since everybody else was dependent on me i pushed on so we did it in a series of spurts, and then we got to the Hillary Step, which was solidly covered with snow. You know, it's about 70 feet high, it's about 60 degrees, and uh, the snow wasn't packed hard enough to climb it with crampons, it wouldn't hold it. So I just started digging into it, hoping I'd run into rock. When I got back about four feet, I never ran into rock, but the snow got firm enough to hold my crampons. So I just started tunneling upwards like a mole. I think there's something here too about how sometimes we feel stuck. Sometimes we feel like the result is impossible, but, you know, blind, he just starts tunneling and hits something solid, feels something, so gets some sort of traction and then keeps moving. And it's not stupid if it works, right? Just be willing, be flexible, be adaptable to try something in this moment in the direction that you want to go in order to spark a reaction or start a conversation or move closer to the decision. Yeah. I mean, it took 45 minutes maybe to climb that 75 feet. We just tunneled it up. It was just basically like miners. <laughs> Fairly steep ridge, but it was packed hard. And uh, the summit almost came as a surprise. I was so focused on this, doing this thing over and over. I walk up on the summit and I'm like, wow, this is the summit of Everest. Who would have thought I'd ever be here? I never thought I'd ever be here. No one else ever did either. And they go, Jesus, I got to take some pictures and get the hell out of here. I told Chris to wait, you know, down about 30 feet, and then I got the camera ready, and I said, okay, I'm rolling, come on up. So he comes chugging up, right? Well, you don't you do not do sprints up there without paying for it. So he gets up there and he goes, shut off the camera! <laughs> Collapses, right? This is funding, I gotta take pictures up here. Well, I couldn't operate the camera with my mittens on. I'd sewed cord into my mittens and, and so I had a cord around my wrist so I couldn't lose the mittens, right? So I could just 
take them off and let them dangle. And I'd turn my back to the wind, take them off, get the camera set up, and I could shoot for about 20 seconds. Then I had to drop the camera, put my mittens on, get feeling back in my hands. I did that about two, three times. Got some panorama shots and stuff like that to prove we'd made the summit, you know. I love his humility. Yeah, I, I think we could all learn from this. And it fuels adaptability because if you're not so focused on you and your way of doing things, it's a freedom. That humility is a freedom to pursue any technique, any process, listen to other people, be open to ideas just to get to the result. What an awesome reminder to just stick with it, right? The determination, endurance, and perseverance that they showed was remarkable. And then he's able to recognize the summit, that he's there. I love that it just came as a surprise to him. Yeah, I like that. It's almost like being immersed in the present invites life to impress you. I'm changing our tagline officially. This ain't no stinking walk up. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I like that. So I think what I'm taking away from this segment is that our focus needs to be on the account, not on ourself. And I'm also getting the sense that when we feel stuck, our most valuable and versatile asset is going to be our imagination. And finally, if we focus on the task at hand, there's a good chance the summit will come as a surprise. Well, it was good to have you with us on this leg of the journey, but we hope you'll consider subscribing and joining us again next time because at this point, Bob is still a long ways from home. They lost sight of us at the South Summit when it got dark. Never occurred to us that they all thought we were dead. Where do you go from the highest point on Earth? And how does an experience like that impact your decisions in the future? We've got all that waiting for you next time on Reach.